When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. On SENSI, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Good Friday football. That has got us excited. And Hazy, one of the traditional rivalries of the Sandfall is, of course, Port v Norwood. And we wanted to look back and get a pass by perspective on this. Yeah, look at this next man. If you want to embarrass him, you just talk about all his achievements because uh, sitting there when you pump him up doesn't sit well with him. But uh, to keep it short, SA Football Royalty, seven-time premiership player. And Channel 7's very own. I've said that we're best mates, Bruce Abernethy. Is that fair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your, your idea of pumping me up is telling me I'm doing something shit out. So that's, that's all right. Don't worry. That must be the end of his way. No, no, we work together. We uh, enjoy working together. It's good fun at Channel 7 on the weekend. What, what's Hazy like behind the scenes, Abbas? Uh, if he could just show you his six-pack rig more than seven or eight times a day, I reckon if he can just cut it back to three or four. And the funny thing is, we had a picture taken the other day, and I'm 30 years older than him, and I still look better. That's <laughs> yeah, true. He has, been true. Dis- he has been dispelling bodily fluids at a rate of knots over the last 48 hours, so he's in his cutting phase at the moment. Yeah, a bit of, a bit of a <laughs> food poisoning, Abba, so I'll um, hopefully that clear up by the weekend. Oh, I can hardly wait for the weekend, and then I guarantee the shorts will be on, the T-shirt will be there, he'll get raised, there'll be a six-pack. That's I'm just more worried about the body clippering and waxing. That just didn't happen in my day, mate. Oh, give us a spell. Give us a spell. We won't get into that. Um, Abba, traditional rivals. I feel like right now at the Sample level, there, there still is a rivalry between Port Adelaide and Nord. It's not quite what it used to be, but you're in the prime. We were saying before that um, you probably had a rivalry with everyone because you used to beat everyone. But in particular, Nord and Port Adelaide back in the day, what, what was it like? Well, you always had a rivalry with everyone because often you were the Premier and, of course, the Premier was the, the team that everyone wanted to knock off. But uh, the better rivalry was with the t- with the clubs that gave you grief. And Nord was, you know, probably top of the tree of that. Sturt, Glenelg, uh, they gave us grief central districts later years. You know, the clubs that gave you grief, that's what the rivalry was about, is you actually got a, you know, a contest and you got challenged and things didn't go your own way. So uh, they're the games we love to play and Nord always provided that. One of the great things about the Sandful is that the fans, they're up close. It's, it's visceral. Do you remember the days of going to the parade, the away fixtures, and uh, just having the fans up in your face? Oh, 100%. And uh, I know that they, they struggled coming down the Port Road past the Children's yeah. Cemetery to come to our <laughs> because they cough it too because, uh, you yeah, know, that's what it was about. None of this uh, political correctness stuff, none of this social media stuff. It was face-to-face, at least someone screaming across the boundary, you could see a face and go, I know who you are. You're not hiding behind a keyboard. Uh, can you take us through your first flag? Because you, you were a youngster back then. It was uh, 1979. I was in year 12 at uh, Woodville High School. And uh, yeah, I played my ninth game in the grand final against South Adelaide. And we, uh, well, I kicked three goals for the game, so we, we kicked a bit more than that. So we won. But uh, I was pretty excited because I was just excited playing league football at 17. But 
due to, due to my parents and my knowledge that I had to actually matriculate and do, I don't know what they call it now, maths one, two, physics, chemistry and English, in about, uh, <laughs> in about uh, a month and a half's time, I went to school on Monday and I was sitting in a chemistry class at two in the afternoon and uh, the entire football team, league, reserves, managers, all turned up on high school, dragged me out, dragged me on the double-decker bus. I, of course, had never had a drink till then because I wasn't 18. <laughs> and uh, they sent me home to the taxi from Port Adelaide about uh, nine o'clock at night. I walked in. Dining table had been in the same place for the last 15 years. Walked straight into it. <laughs> Just said to my mum, I'll see you in the morning. Thanks. And uh, the school, she said the school rang to tell us what happened. Can you imagine that today? Imagine uh, a, a football team running around a high school trying to find a one person. <laughs> yeah. Things are a little bit different back then. And we're happy that they were different back then. So we get to hear stories like that. Um, mate, some of the Norwood players that you played against, who was, and we know they're obvious names, but who were your toughest battles against? Oh, Michael Ace was just just a beautiful footballer in terms of his skills, his ability to read the game. He was a year ahead of me, um, and I, I had to stand him in one final. And, and I, you know, Jack Carroll to stand Michael Ace, he was the, the McGarry medalist. And, you know, I, I, I love that challenge. Uh, Keith Thomas was always out there, you know, racking up touches and, and with a really damaging uh, kick forward, so you couldn't let him have that. Phil Gallagher, you'd stay away from John Wint because he'd be throwing punches left, right, centre, and <laughs> Craig Farm. Leave that to the older, bigger blokes in the team to look after those guys. But uh, yeah, they, they were always great contests. And like I say, they, you respected them. Gary McIntosh later in the year, he was that kind of player that you actually wish he was on your team yeah. because he's the kind of player you, you love to have on your side. You know, in there fighting, battling. The trouble was he was on the other team. So, uh, you know, that just made the challenge better and the contest better. So what was it like off the field? Did you ever run into these guys? It's Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like you guys sort of would hang out in your own area. The Bays boys would be down, the Bay Disco with Graham Corns, etc. Would you guys see each other uh, at night spots, oh, for example? And absolutely. Did, did you get along? Well, you have to remember this, that Port Adelaide never had a decent nightclub in the whole area. <laughs> and uh, we'll get the Bay Disco and Lenny's and uh, Norwood had the Sam's out there, football club. So... The Port Adelaide blokes, we go, OK, we beat you on the footy field, let's go and have a look, see what the nightclubs are like and uh, head on down there and have a pretty good time. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we would run into them. And, you know, what? in the old days, and the, the rule in sport is, you know, it stays on the field, that's 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 where it's it. You, know, you stop and have a beer. And I mean, Scotty Salisbury and, uh, and, you know, on the field, want to kill us. We want to kill him. Uh, you know, I went overseas with him in the Australian team to Ireland in 87. We saw what all we did was talk about fishing and camping and we're like best mates, you know. So then it's uh, off the field. Uh, you know, respect, due respect and uh, appreciation for each other on the field, trying to kill each other. It's the Sandful Show. We're speaking to pass Port Adelaide legend Bruce Abernethy, seven-time Port Adelaide Premiership player. Bruce, uh, we were talking about uh, your first Premiership success, but 1980 might have been the peak of the Port Norwood rivalry because that is when you claimed the Premiership against the Red Legs. What is your recollection of that time? I, I still consider the 1980 team that Port Adelaide put on the park that year. We pretty much broke every record in terms of total score. Um, Timmy Evans kicked the most goals. Russell Ebert won his fourth McGarry medal. Um, yeah, I think there was 12 or 13 players in that team that had played every game of that year and every good club. And we were just rolling through. We played one game against Woodville at uh, Footy Park. We had 24 goals at half time. <laughs> I was sitting there at half, I was going, how's this going to go? But, we, you know, we, we, we were unbelievably. The team that we put on the park was probably, you know, 95% of them either played AFL or went on to play AFL. And it was just a, an elite team. But come the grand final, we faced Norwood. And they, uh, they rose to the occasion. And it was actually a, a very, very tight match. And, uh, you know, I, I, we were behind and, we, you know, we were in front, we were behind. It was, it was close in the end. We won it. So it kept the perfect year. 
But uh, gee, they, they challenge us from uh, you know from a team that you know we've been on top for all year doing everything right, and they gave us the challenge. We had to earn it. So you already mentioned a couple of unbelievable players uh, just then. So if you have to mention, say, maybe two, maybe three players that you play with, who was right at the top shelf? Uh, Port Adelaide was, uh, well, I'm so glad that 150th uh, year celebrations a few years ago, they ranked players. And it was Russell Everett by the length of the straight as not only on the field, off the field, uh, he taught you how to be a person, a man, a, you know, family was number one. And just, just a great example of about, hey, you play footy and you're lucky and you're gifted, but who cares? Go and help those people, go and help those people, because you can. And, uh, you know, he, he has always said, you know, his passing last year was, uh, yeah, that, that was just unfair and uh, frustrating. Um, you talk about some of the other players in, in that, in terms of the Port Adelaide lineup, you know, Brian Cunning, just quiet achiever, just kept everything under control. And Tim Evans, like, you kicked a thousand goals. You know, you turned up and okay. you kicked a thousand goals at Port Adelaide. It's not a bad effort. Scott Hodges, of course, he could do everything. Um, yeah, just, just, and probably where I played down back, Greg Phillips. He, he made average players look good. He was a superstar. He he could do everything in terms of a defender and uh, and bringing players into the into the game. Hey, it's great that you bring up Tim Evans there because I think one of the, the, the great robberies in the last couple of weeks has been that the focus on Lance Franklin and him passing that 1,000-goal mark in the VFL AFL and Tim Evans' name is not on that list. There's a whole lot of people who played SNFL or, well, not the Sanford, I think I'm still old school, or played in Western Australia. You know, Barry Cable, uh, Polly Farmer. What they achieved, Stephen Michael, what they achieved over in WA. You know, what players achieved here? We talk about Michael Taylor or, or you know, Russell Ebert or Barry Robin or, and players like this. Or, you know, it, it's unfair because the reality is they played in a state-based local competition, which is exactly what the VFL was back then. Yeah. It was a Melbourne-based state competition. So when that grew to become the AFL, you know, it's not like we put in nine teams like they have due to population, of course. You know, we, we've got a couple, which is appropriate, the same for Western Australia. But, you know, I reckon some blokes uh, deserve a bit more a, a bit more credit. I think it's heading in the right way. But uh, I think just by sheer number, it's, it's still a bit of the old VFL. Uh, but in terms of Russell Ebert as well, am I right in saying it? And did you tell me this, that Russell Ebert was as good at drinking a beer as he was at kicking a football? <laughs> He, uh, early days, he was uh, spectacular at it. <laughs> in fact, uh, we we were doing a uh, documentary and he just said, uh, I'm coming. And when Russell says, I'm coming, uh, I said, what are you going to do, mate? He said, I'll drive one of the boats. And he was with a good, a good mate of ours, a cameraman at Channel 7, Rob Brownie, who doesn't want to drink either. And I just warned him, when he was in the boat with Russell and we had to make a mile and get down the river a bit, if Russell started drinking, having a beer, do not try and keep up. <laughs> and made the fatal mistake of trying, and uh, Russell got to his uh, quantity of three, of course. That's all you can have before you can't drive a boat. And, uh, uh, and Rob Brown was uh, just battling along, just, just finishing off his first. Hey, so do you think Abbas has enjoyed the tyre pumping we've given him? Oh, I mean, he's not a man <laughs> who uh, really likes to get around himself, but sometimes you've got to sit there and listen, uh, Abba, because uh, what you achieved was fantastic, and... Um, I'll tell you as well, Damon, this is the type of person that Abra is. We get a pizza in the newsroom. <laughs> we get one of these big family-sized pizzas every single time Abba's working on the weekend just to look after the whole newsroom. Doesn't ask for anything back. It's just a, a generous little thing that Abba does. And looking forward to another one on Saturday. <laughs> and the beautiful thing is uh, that Hazy never offers anything back, so it's okay. <laughs> Bruce Abernathy, our past player today on the, on the Sandful Show. Thanks so much, Abba's. My pleasure. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.